0: Hey, Disney fans, looking for the latest Disney news?
1: And interviews with some of Disney's
2: biggest stars? Well, have we got the podcast for you.
0: Welcome to D23 Inside Disney.
2: I'm Tony from Good Morning America.
1: I'm Jeffrey from D23.
0: And I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And together, we are taking you Inside Disney. Happy belated birthday, Jeffrey.
1: Aw, thank you, Sherry very much appreciated it was it was a pretty mellow one but after all the festivities from Walt Disney World and Disney Cruise Line a couple weeks ago the mellow was probably for the best
0: yes sometimes you need that
1: sometimes you do
0: mm-hmm.
1: we are down one host for the news section today Mr. Tony was mm. just too busy to be here Ugh, he's so uh, fancy that's fabulous he's too so fabulous.
0: fancy he's my fanciest friend
1: wow that's not insulting at all to me thanks <laughs> And we've got a lot of news. And then coming up, of course, we have Disney legend, Danny Elfman, composer for Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And he is talking all like his favorite scene in that, which was surprising to me. And I loved it. Mm -hmm. Talks about Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Talks about some other of his iconic music and uh, experiences here at Disney and had great stories. And who knows, we may get a voicemail out of it. So stick around. Who knows? Up first, for those who have not already seen, you can look at it on d23.com or the Disney Parks blog. The 2022 Disney Pride Collection is out. It is colorful and fabulous. In fact, there are going to be several drops because it's now a a 365-day-a-year program. There's a Star Wars spirit jersey with a rainbow BB-8 that definitely piqued my interest. Really beautiful stuff. And this year, 100 percent of the proceeds from now through June 30th of this year are going to be benefiting multiple organizations that support LGBTQIA plus youth and families. And that includes Glisten, PFLAG, Trevor Project, Zebra Coalition, the Los Angeles LGBT Center, the LGBTQ Center, Orange County, San Francisco LGBT Center, and Allie Forney Center such incredible work and i'm so proud and you can also learn more about the collection and the organizations who have benefits at twdc well
0: christmas came early for me because details have been revealed about disney and pixar's upcoming feature film elemental yes yes Uh, I'm so excited for it. This is Pixar's 27th feature film. It's going to be released June 16th, 2023. So save the date, mark your calendars, write it down, put it on the walls, get it tattooed.
1: (laughs) Well, I don't Uh, need to do that because apparently you're going to be reminding me every day for the next year.
0: Yeah. Yes, I will. (laughs) That is correct. So this film, it follows unlikely pair their names are ember and wade and they live in a city where fire water land and air residents live together so ember is this fiery young woman and wade is this go with the flow guy and they're about to discover something truly elemental (laughs) how much they actually have in common this is directed by peter sohn who is the mastermind behind the good dinosaur and partly cloudy one of my favorite pixar shorts So check it out on Pixar social, there's concept art, there's a logo. Did I zoom in to find an Easter eggs? Yes. Have I found any? No. If you found any, let me know. (laughs) I can't wait.
1: (laughs) Amazing, amazing. That's June 2023, but June 24th, 2022, Disney Plus has announced that Trevor the Musical is gonna be making the debut on the service. This also ties in really well to Pride Month coming up in June. Trevor's a musical. It's actually based on an Oscar-winning short about a 13-year-old on their turbulent journey of self-discovery. It is a beautiful, heartwarming show. I just mentioned that the Trevor Project is one of the incredible organizations who the Disney Pride Collection benefits. Trevor Project got its name from Trevor the Short. That short really uh, took my breath away when I saw it years ago. Um, I'm a big supporter of Trevor project and their incredible work and i cannot wait to see trevor the musical on disney plus
0: oh so excited plus more disney plus news i love it family reboot thank you thank you Family Reboot premieres on June 15th on Disney+. Plus. It's a six-part series following families that have become so busy with their individual lives that they've kind of lost touch with one another. So in each of these episodes, the family's going to take a full week, a full seven days away from their busy schedules to go on a journey to reconnect and rebuild their family bonds through technology-less tasks and games. Honestly, we could all use that. I could use that one of the episodes is called the family that lassos together stays together so that sounds like a real hoot and all (laughs) episodes are streaming on june 15th on disney plus
1: okay and sticking with disney plus news massive massive marvel news we finally got to see the amazing trailer for she hulk attorney at law and it is so freaking funny i watched it it's on marvel's social handles. I've watched it maybe four times. It is very (laughs) funny. And her explanation as to why she cannot be an Avenger is amazing. Cannot wait to watch this starting streaming on August 17th on Disney Plus. So funny. Now also coming a little bit further down the road, we've got two highly anticipated Disney Plus series um, that have just started production, including one from Marvel. Production has begun on Echo. We first met Alaqua Cox's amazing gang leader character on Hawkeye, and we are now getting her origin story. She is going to be facing her past, her Native American roots, and the meaning of family and community in an effort to move forward. So that's gonna be streaming in 2023. And also just starting production is Ahsoka, the uh, new, yes, the new series in the Star Wars universe, and a spinoff of The Mandalorian from Disney legend Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni, and starring the fabulous Rosario Dawson. So cannot wait to see
0: that. Amazing.
1: Yes. Amazing indeed. Also amazing, Carrie Washington. You know it, I <laughs> yes. know it. We all know Carrie Washington is amazing. And now Hulu and the Onyx collection of Greenlit Unprisoned, a new comedy series. It's the first comedy series Onyx Collective has picked up, which is going to be available uh, in the US on Hulu, the streaming home of Onyx content. Now it's a half hour comedy that revolves around a messy but perfectionist relationship, therapist and single mom whose life is turned Right side up, we're going to say, when her dad gets out of prison <laughs> and moves in with her and her teenage son. So it is inspired by the life of its creator, Tracy McMillan, and again, stars the fabulous, amazing, incredible Carrie Washington and Delroy Lindo. So looking forward to seeing that.
0: Nice. Well, in more Hulu news, if you are a fan of music festivals, but you're also a fan of being horizontal on your couch, like me, I've got excellent news. Hulu is going to be the streaming destination for some of the biggest music festivals for the next two years. Wow. Yes. So following a successful live stream of Lollapalooza in 2021, they're extending their collab with Live Nation to host three of the nation's biggest music festivals. And those are Bonnaroo. Yes, Lollapalooza. Yes, an Austin City Limits Music Festival! woohoo! Like I said, for both 2022 and 2023, which is a first for a streaming platform. So you can catch select performances for all of these festivals exclusively on Hulu, plus additional footage and some behind-the-scenes looks. More info will be coming, and the schedules are going to be announced in the weeks prior to each fest. So stay tuned!
1: That is actually very exciting because I'm all for a concert, particularly if I don't have to leave the (laughs) comfort of my couch.
0: And the comfort of my sweatpants.
1: There you go. (laughs) All right, ABC, they made a bunch of announcements, including three new series pickups, all of which I cannot wait to watch. The first is Alaska, starring Oscar winner Hilary Swank, playing a disgraced reporter who uh, leaves New York to join a daily metro newspaper in Anchorage, Alaska, which sounds amazing. Next, mm-hmm. I like the rookie. I love the rookie. I love me some Nathan Fillion. And now, the rookie feds a spin off starring Nisi Nash Betts. Greenlit, cannot wait. I find her hilarious and oh, she is so funny. Also, very funny and a former producer and star of Diary of a Future President. Gina Rodriguez plays a broke and self described disaster who is. rebooting her life with a career that she left 10 years ago being a reporter. That's a theme apparently, but the only job that she can find is writing obituaries in the new comedy, Not Dead Yet. Looking forward to all three of these. Cannot wait to see them coming soon to a TV or screen near you.
0: Awesome. Well, I, I'm going to try and do Tony justice because this is really his piece of news. Oh, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, and that's the date of the 95th Oscars. Woohoo! Woo! Hosted by Tony Morrison. I'm just, just kidding. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see.
1: <laughs>
0: <Uh-oh>. <laughs> well, ABC will again broadcast the Academy Awards this will be on Sunday March 12th mark your cows and the noms are going to be announced on January 24th yes Mm. so stay tuned for more on that
1: always like the Oscars although I'm very excited first for like you know Memorial
0: Day yeah there are a couple things sooner like for example christmas <laughs> but anyway right. i've got something sweet to close out this week if you have a toddler if you are a toddler or if you're a toddler at heart like me
1: if you're a toddler listening to this podcast i wonder how <laughs> mature is this toddler and i have so many questions
0: or how immature are we
1: fair also totally fair <laughs>
0: The Disney Junior Tour is set to launch September 2nd and will go to 80 North American cities. It's called Disney Junior Live on Tour Costume Palooza. It's an all new show where Mickey, Minnie and their pals are getting ready to throw a huge costume party, but some mysterious weather is interrupting the fun. Can Team Spidey help save the costume palooza? We'll see. I don't want to spoil anything. But there's singing, there's dancing, there's acrobatics, there's 3D special effects. And it starts September 2nd, runs through December 17th, 2022. And tickets are on sale this Friday. So go to DisneyJuniorTour.com for tickets, for more info, and don't forget to follow at DisneyJuniorTour on social for more.
1: Very fun. And oh, oh. You hear that?
0: Oh. I do.
1: You know what it's time for? It's time for five fantastic things to watch this weekend presented by our friends at State Farm. For complete details and listings, visit d23.com. And remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Everything this week includes a finalist or winner from American Idol singing a song. That would be, first up, Enchanted, which features the fabulous Carrie Underwood singing, Ever Ever After. You can watch that on Disney Plus.
0: Classic. You know what else you could watch on Disney Plus? The Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement featuring Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson. Love that
1: song. Love it so much.
0: Also, I'd be remiss to not mention Friend of the Pod Raven Simone. She's in that too. And it's
1: excellent point.
0: What a film. (sighs)
1: It is great. Also, you could watch on Disney Plus the Chronicles of Narnia, the voyage of the Dawn Treader, featuring There's a Place for Us, sung by again, Carrie Underwood. Is there a Disney yeah. movie she has not sung a song
0: for? I don't know. <laughs> Check out also on Disney Plus and Hulu the Queen Family Sing Along, featuring American Idol superstar Adam Lambert oh, and a yeah, bunch yeah. of friends performing Queen songs.
1: Yes. Oh, and also a friend of the pod, Derek Huff. Yes. There you go. There you go. And then why not round out the weekend on Sunday, May second, at eight p.m. Eastern, five p.m. Pacific, on ABC. Watching this is American Idol season finale.
0: Do 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 do
1: And guess who's going to be there? Who? Carrie Underwood.
0: No way.
1: <laughs> Carrie Underwood turns up on three of the five fantastic things to watch. So. Wow. Like a good neighbor, Carrie Underwood is also there.
0: (laughs) Who needs a hidden Mickey when you have a hidden Carrie Underwood?
1: And honestly, not so hidden. On to our guest. We have with us today a legend who is also a Disney legend. For Disney, he's composed music for Oz the Great and Powerful, Frank and Weenie, Dick Tracy, Alice in Wonderland, Desperate Housewives, Meet the Robinsons, When We Rise, Flubber, Dead Presidents, A Civil Action, and the fan favorite, Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. He is back on the big screen and partnering again with director Sam Raimi for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And let me just say before we welcome him, before you listen, please know we go into spoiler territory, so if you have not seen Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and do not want a few things spoiled, please push pause right now and go see that movie. And welcome to the show, Danny Elfman! Woohoo! Woo!
0: Yay!
2: Danny, we're so excited to chat with you. I have to say real quick, I saw you in the desert recently for your Coachella set. It was incredible. It was mind boggling. <laughs> Just a big congrats on that. A
3: massive Thank congrats. Thank you. The most um, terrifying moment of my life. <laughs> you were <there> <laughs> never would have sensed it. No Just- pressure. You know, uh, 27 years off stage, off of, of being myself with 50 musicians, 30 minutes to set it up on a set that we've never done before. What could go wrong?
2: <laughs> well, you did it like just flawlessly. We couldn't even couldn't even tell um, that you were Thank under you. so much pressure. But you know, just a massive congrats too Thank you. on the success of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse um, of Madness. So we all saw it together. That. The score is absolutely amazing and intense, no less. But just have to ask you, how long does it take for you to compose a score like that?
3: Well, I mean, normally I'd have about three months on a film. Doctor Strange got, because of so many reasons, including the pandemic, was stretched out much longer. In fact, it's the longest I've ever been on a film. And I'm just grateful that if I'm going to be on this bus way longer than planned, that I was both on a project that I really loved because I just love being on the movie and the challenges of the movie. But even more so with people that I really enjoyed being together I mean to Sam and the whole crew of people the Marvel people everybody was so great there was just like if I ever was going to pick a picture where I'm going to be like we're all going to be stuck together and then take that time and double it and make you still happy when you get off of that bus this was the moment so I'm really grateful for that uh-huh.
1: Yeah, I think I read an article where you said that where Sam, I think, mentioned that he needed you to write a song and like it was done in like five minutes and I, it boggled my mind and I thought like, like other Disney legend Alan Menken, it's like it just comes right out of your fingertips somehow magically.
3: It was even more complicated because it wasn't even (laughs) writing a song. It was redoing the musical, strange versus strange musical battle at the end.
2: Yes. Of, oh, wow. That
3: because there was all experimentation. We're trying to figure out what is this? How do, And I did it two or three times. And I think we had it kind of working. But I was using some different classical composers, things that might come off the music. And it was Kevin Feige that stepped in at the very 11th hour and said, boys, here's what we need to do. Beethoven versus Bach simplify it one more notch and of course Kevin was right I had like 24 hours to like redo it and try to time it really specifically and I was coming home from a concert I was doing in London and had to fly home because of rehearsals for Coachella I couldn't stay longer flew home on a Saturday and two o'clock that morning was back remotely recording London where I just came from uh, talk the about orchestral pressure. piece that had just been done in the last previous 24 <sighs> hours and got dubbed in the very last days of the dub before the movie came wow. out. I mean, it was only wow. weeks ago and it came Amazing. out great. And you know, I love that kind of, personally, I love that kind of pressure and that kind of insanity. <laughs> yeah. It really gets me going. You know, I love the adrenaline of moments like that where it's like, and, the, and Kevin is going, is it possible in this amount of time? And I go, no, of course it's not possible. Yes, we can do it. <laughs> it's like, no, yes, oh my God. absolutely. It, it just makes it like a throwdown. Certain things, it becomes more like just a job. It becomes like, it's a challenge, like on a show. He's like, can you do this impossible task and get from here to here <laughs> in this way? And it's like, no, Ow. yes, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Speaking
0: of impossible tasks, can you pick one favorite scene that you had that you composed
2: for?
3: <laughs> mm. <laughs> My favorite moments were probably both Wanda, you know, I loved writing for Wanda's character. It was so heartbreaking and the same mm. theme had to be both big and but yet tragic and like a nursery rhyme and mm. I really loved writing the scene of music where she comes back for her children and everything goes wrong and they're throwing things at her and the two Wanda's meet. Oh, such a beautiful mm. scene. But I also love dead strange coming back to life. Yes. Seeing out. You know, okay. that like oh took gosh. me right back to my childhood. And <laughs> both of these were two extremes, you know, like dead strange and the mountain and Wanda with her children.
0: Yeah, it's quite a spectrum.
3: <laughs> yeah. Love it. Well, how is it
2: different? Are similar to composing for Spider-Man.
3: You know, Spider-Man was simply a simpler through line. You know, the story mm. and the characters was much mm. more simple. But you know, Sam's interestingly, he gives me the same instructions, whether it be Dark Man, Spider-Man, or Doctor Strange, he says, bring me the heart, bring me the heart. That's always what that. Sam wants more than anything else. Like, bring me the heart. But Spider-Man was simply like, inventing like what does this world sound like, what is their themes, and how do we bring the heart to uh, the character? Dr. Strange was just way more exploded out of so many different things and it was a bigger jigsaw puzzle musically.:
1: Wow. Mm. Well, switching gears a little bit, you've also composed the music for the Amazing Mystic Manor at Hong Kong Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, how do you approach writing the score for a theme park attraction versus a movie? Oh, and did you ride it?
3: <laughs> yeah, oh, I love that. Oh, I wrote it many times. I love the nuts and bolts of that kind of thing. So I spent a week there with them after it was all written, fine tuning it and fine tuning the, the mix of everything. I wrote it hundreds and hundreds of times and oh, we'd wow. do one room at a time Then we'd get stop the ride. They'd take everything down. We'd get into the room with the computer and we'd fine tune how the music and the sound was playing. Hmm. Then we'd start up again, go into the next room, do the same thing. I loved it. Again, it's complex. It's a big jigsaw puzzle. How everything fits together is really difficult and complex because you don't have isolation between all the rooms. So these rooms are on a loop and you're trying to make it in sync, but there's that point where you're hearing between two rooms and you're moving between one and the other. How do they interface together? I loved it. I never had more fun. And I loved being on the ground and like the technical side of putting it together was. So much fun doing that. I hope I get to do another someday.
0: We hope so, too. Well, Danny, we've got to talk about Nightmare Before Christmas. Could you sense when you were working on it that there was something unique about the film?
3: Well, I mean, when I was working on it, we knew everything was unique about it because we had no model to go by at all. The only thing we knew is that we did not want it to sound like a musical as Hmm. one thinks of it. We did not want it to sound like Broadway or anything contemporary that was out there. So we didn't know how to make a musical. Tim and I, there was no handbook. And we we're just like, let's start writing songs together. And it wasn't even a script. There was just a story outline that Tim had done. So without any idea of what we were doing, we just started going story by song, story, by song. Literally, he'd come in. I say, just tell me this part of the story, like you are telling a story to a kid. And he'd go, Jack goes in the forest. There's all these doors. And this one is gonna be flies open and he gets sucked in and he finds himself in Christmas land for the first time. And I go, okay, I got it. I hear it, I hear it. And I'd shoo him out the door. I'd write, what's this? Three days later, say, come on in, play it for him. Great, what happens next? All right, now. And we just went to the whole movie that way. No idea wow. what we were doing. And we were just kind of inventing how to do it ourselves. And, I, you know, we didn't know. It's like, well, there's 10 songs. Is that good or bad? We don't know. <laughs> wow. That's how it was done. It was like real seat of our pants. Let's just like, let's just do this thing.
1: Oh, well, and now you turned it into something that is essentially this magical musical. They do, it all, they do it all over the world. They perform it in concert. It's amazing. Now, you did mention 10 songs. Do you have a favorite of the 10? Is it like a child? <laughs>
3: It's hard to say. No, I don't. You know, as I was writing it, my favorite at the time was writing this. It's an obscure one. It's called The Town Meeting Song. And mm-hmm. I like the fact that there was this musical conversation. So it reminded me of like an old Cole Porter musical or something where characters are talking and singing. This is a thing called the present. The whole thing starts with a box. A box. it the box. A box. A delightful. A box. No, no, no. The music stops. Okay. I don't have to with the bow. And it's like just the kind of fun how to put it together. I really, I think I had the most fun writing that, but I don't, it's not necessarily a favorite song. I love Sally's song and Jack's mm. Lament and Making Christmas, all, all of them. Oogie boogie. How do I pick a favorite? I don't know. <laughs>
0: Wow. I mean, I got so excited even with your mini performance just then. So do people ask you to sing the Jack roll for their voicemails for things no. like that all the time?
3: No,
1: no, no, they what? don't. What? All right. Well, when we're done, voicemails all around. <laughs> yeah. I love That's it. That's shocking because you're, I mean, even just now I could just, it, like you just could see Jack right in, in front of totally. us. It was, uh,
3: it's oh. so iconic. Oh, that's that's funny. Okay, well, um, I guess I got some voicemails coming up. I'm the whole thing, the bow. you're listening to voicemail of. Um, it's <laughs> no it.
0: theme park attraction, but it'll do.
2: <laughs> I mean, if that whole composing thing doesn't work out, maybe a career in voicemail. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned your, your your childhood a bit, and you know you've done so much work for Disney. Were you a fan growing up?
3: Well, let me put it this way. I was a fan of monsters. I was a monster fan. So early on, there wasn't a lot of Disney monsters, but certainly I was aware of like Mary Poppins and, you know, like big things like that. But my childhood was dominated by monsters, science fiction and monsters. I was the kind of kid who, uh, if they weren't showing a monster movie in my local theater, you know, (laughs) well, fortunately they did most weekends because know, it was the 60s and there was like an unlimited amount of monster films because we didn't know that they were repackaging films from different eras and from different countries and dubbing them, putting them out. I saw a movie called The Day the Earth Stood Still. It's the first time I fell in love with film music and thought it was a new movie. And I didn't realize till years later, it had come out 12 years earlier. I had no idea. Wow. The point being is uh, I grew up in a lot of different stuff and I did have a contact with some of the early musicals. I was very much on the dark side as a kid, so. But these things did stick in my consciousness. You know what I mean? There's, there's no way when I sat down to work on a musical that all the musicals that I'd listened to in my life weren't a part of it. And I was, with my own kids, a huge fan of the Disney early Disney uh, animation. I remember seeing Bambi with my mom and being heartbroken. So those really stuck out but then rediscovering even the earlier works from before I was born was really a treasure you know I became like a huge fan of early Disney animation the, the cell drawn mm-hmm. animation to, and I was really pleased when, when I had my own girls coming up to like show them all of these over and over again the, the classic I guess what you would call Disney classic yeah. stuff right
0: well so. that leads perfectly into our sadly our very last question for you Danny it's been so fun chatting do you have a favorite Disney memory?
3: My favorite Disney memory, actually, as a kid, was the Haunted Mansion. Oh, when I was a little uh, kid, going to Disney tracks, World. and that's why when I got asked to do Mystic Manor in Hong Kong, it was an homage to the Haunted Mansion. I was so enthusiastic, and there was a moment where you know you're passing by those heads that are singing da 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 da. You know they're singing the um, mm-hmm. oh god now i've mixed up my green prim- greening yeah and i did the homage to that in mystic manor with these three suits of armor that are singing mm. and that specifically was an homage to like those kind of 3d faces that follow you that are singing along in the haunted mansion and i loved the haunted mansion i went on it so many times so well, That's- now
1: you're in there during the holidays at Disneyland.
3: Yeah, and it's ironic, isn't it, that my favorite thing, and I'm in there at, at the Halloween time. It's like crazy how life works out, doesn't it?
1: Incredible. And it worked out amazing. And Danny, we again, we could talk to you for hours. Thank you so much for your time. Congratulations. Hopefully, we will see you
3: again very soon. Thank you very and much. And get
0: a voicemail soon.
3: And a voicemail. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the whole team's top of the bow there you go
0: <laughs> yes oh, best. hi thank you thank so much. you danny wow danny elfman i cannot believe we got to talk to him also the way he's able to like vividly paint music just by talking about music i felt like i could hear it even though it was just him speaking i mean he truly is a legend indeed and we got a voicemail out of it
1: <laughs> there you go there you go. I like that. Uh, well, thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, just hashtag D23 Inside Disney.
0: And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com.
1: We'll be back next week with more Disney news, Tony, and a fantastic guest on an all new episode of D23 Inside, Inside Disney.
0: Disney.